In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, falsely claiming to be the only wrestling podcast reviewing Clash of Champions. Yes. Not the only ones? Stop what? It. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent Gayfabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I just got done watching cocky you actually listened to me watch the last match and uh, i feel a little bit like i went to a korean massage parlor and got a really good massage and that's it <laughs> uh, also joining us today uh, our rcmp i'm not gonna say who i stole that from so I'm just gonna let everybody know i stole that uh, also joining us rcmp jlb what's going on man it's good, it's good. So, I'm kind of curious. If he's your partner in crime fighting, and I'm just Mr. RCMP, what does that make me exactly? Am, well, I, see, uh, am I a colleague? Am I uh, a work when, friend? When Interpol gets involved, you're important, but otherwise you're just Canadian. Yeah, you're you're uh, an international um, colleague, but, but you can't be a partner because you're across the border. Yeah. There. All right. Just was making sure. I'm like, and, and in your country, it would be thin red line, not thin blue line. Yeah. You guys were red. <laughs> Before we get into this episode, this special cock episode, um, and for those who uh, didn't listen to our FBI this week, that's Clash of Champions. <laughs> C-O-C, uh, cock. C-O-C cock um, I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatness Co. Podcast Network so once you're done listening to this and of course liking, sharing, and subscribing head on over to tatnessco.com and check out the other shows on the network do it, do it. see if Nyla had some input about this match <laughs> so we are going to be spending this like we seem to do almost like every other week Instead of doing crimes, we do a pay-per-view now. Well, it's only going to be October 25th now, so it's going to be a hot minute. Yep, it's going to be a bit. Finally. Except for the next week we have NXT. Yeah, we do have an NXT next week. Okay. There's that, but then it's going to be a bit. Until suddenly we've got AEW and then uh, WWE again. Anyways, but so <laughs> we are going to go through... 2020's Clash of Champions. Gold Rush. What was that all about? I don't know. That was one of those. I, I They apparently and WWE decided they really like subtitles for all of their pay-per-views this year. Uh, but they ran out of like reason for a subtitle. So they're just <laughs> like, uh, well, ev- everyone's got belts because they're champions. So uh, there's it's a gold lot of gold here. So and everyone's rushing to get it. Gold, gold rush. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, that's great. Yeah, so it's gold rush. Are we gonna talk about it at all on any of the shows leading up to it? No. Are no, we gonna no, like? It's gonna be a gold rush. 
make it part of the gimmick for the night so people no 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 we're just gonna call it gold rush well i mean to be fair our truth was trying to make it part of the gimmick for the night when he was on the pre-show when he said he had gold bars here and he was like a leprechaun kind of thing he was trying to do the whole gold rush situation and then the commentators were just like um well you kind of missed the point it's just because everyone has uh belts so they kind of said a little something something on the pre-show um but i liked our truth's theory a whole lot better and i was just like well you guys are pretty lame so yeah i gotta be honest i fast forwarded through that whole part <laughs> it it had Sam Roberts out there, and not not Sam Roberts. Uh, what's the other guy? Rosenberg. I like Rosenberg. Yeah, bias though. He's also like a hip hop guy. So he, he he comes out, and then J JBL was there, and I was like, nah, I don't really care. <laughs> get to get to the first match of the night. So yeah. uh, before we get to the matches, they did announce on the kickoff show. And if we paid attention to uh, wrestling rumors and news, we kind of knew it was coming. That three of the WWE superstars were not cleared medically to wrestle in the matches that they had planned for the night. So, um, Nikki Cross, not cleared to wrestle. They didn't say why. I think um, anyone who's paid attention to what's going on in the world today has a pretty good guess as to why. Um, But... Um, and then uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler also not cleared to wrestle, uh, likely for the same reason. So um, those matches will not take place as advertised. Um, and one of those was supposed to be on the kickoff show. So they apparently had to do a bunch of little moving things around to make it work. So instead of having Asuka versus... So they said things like stud muffin on... Yeah. The kickoff show and made fun of the smaller character and called it muffins yeah so instead of having oscar <sighs> versus, uh zelina vega on the kickoff show like they were planning they moved that to the main card uh so the only match we got on the kickoff show was scroll up again because i actually scrolled past it um wasn't that uh, the... uh, it was a tag match tag match shinsuke yeah. and lucha shinsuke and cesaro versus lucha house party right yeah um, which again, Cesaro gets shoved to the kickoff show, and he's a champion right now. Now, don't get me wrong, Lucha Botch Party being on the kickoff show makes perfect sense for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially since Vince didn't like their whole match from like two weeks ago uh, with one of the with Grand Metalik, and I think it was Shinsuke, and he hated the match. So he was definitely like, "That's it, you're going on the pr- uh, kickoff." But, like, ultimately, considering you had two matches canceled, you should have just put it on the main card and just had an hour-long pre-show of JBL saying stupid S-words. Yeah, uh, uh, frankly, uh, I'm not surprised that Vince didn't like a Lucha House Party character match because they're not up to the level that WWE should expect. I'm just going to say it, Mm. right? And, And part of it, I think, is them as a group. Because they've been paired together as a group, because they've got similar styles, I think that works against them. I think if each of them was a singles competitor, we wouldn't end up with this this reputation of them just botching all the time. Because everyone botches. But when you've got three Lucha stars and they all botch three times in a match, now suddenly you've got nine botches in a match, you know? (laughs) And, like, look, man, Grand Matalik was awesome. 
in 205 Live, though. He was entertaining. He was like one of the biggest stars. Now, you can say what you will about 205 Live and whatever happened. People like legitimately were into him and he wasn't nearly as botching and it was more entertaining matches than anything he's put on on the main card. And he was a single competitor. So I don't know. I just feel like it's this whole like um, not not racist, but this whole like. Oh, well, we're just going to put three luchadors together because that's what they do at Lucha House Party here. Luchadors. Now, I do feel that we're probably seeing the um, slow, inevitable demise of the Lucha House Party. They've been making a big deal about Kalisto claiming to be the leader of the Lucha House Party. And Kalisto was actually the one who lost this match for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... I think that that's going to be the storyline that they're going to tell is them breaking apart and then fighting with each other. Um, But, you know, they can tell that story on 205 Live. (laughs) I don't need to see it. Well, is 205 Live even a thing still? No. Yeah, it's still a thing. Not as a show, no. No, not as a show, though. It's just pure. It's just like Superstars or Saturday Night's main event. It's kind of like a thing they have there, but there's no actual storylines being told. It's no, just a it's, bunch it's of magic. Not even, it's not a show at all. It, it's part of NXT. The division is on NXT. Oh, snap. They, yes, no, true. they still do a 205 live show. <sighs> they still do it. They did one just last week. Oh, I wow. could go through the, the results from Sportskedia. You had Isaiah Swerve Scott challenging Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship. You had Mansoor versus Ashante Adonis. It's not a. Uh, it's not a. Uh, um, I feel like that's not a Saudi Arabia show, and they had Mansoor on it. Yeah, I was surprised. No, it's it's <laughs> not. A, it's not a battle royal. Nope. Mansoor was on it, so he obviously lost. But there were just three matches. I mean, it's not like they put a lot of stuff on it. But but yeah, no, it indeed is still a show. Oh wow. Okay. Which again, I'll kind of go into what DA Fabe was hinting at because they officially put the Cruiserweight Championship onto NXT. It now is an NXT Championship. Why even have the show at all? It's not on a network. It's just on the network. So you can cancel it and not face any problems from USA Network or whatever. Roll those people over into a different show like NXT. Gives you a little bit more flavor you can put on that, and then roll on with the life. Anyways, uh, but so yeah, Nakamura and Cesaro defeated Lucha House Party, um, got the win. Sad to see Shinsuke and Cesaro on a kickoff show again, but I guess. Did you see their interview in the in the pre-show when they were uh, sipping champagne? Yes, I saw. I thought that was such an exceptional interview. I was like. Uh, these guys are so good. I love when they have like like Shinsuke's no speak English esque stuff is fantastic, and Cesaro's mic skills are definitely amplifying. Yeah, I would say my frustration about it, um, them being on the kickoff show, is if you watch the network on live at all today, you would have seen that they they ran best clash of champions matches of all time and the one that stands out more than any other match was the seventh match between um cesaro and sheamus and you just think to yourself oh gosh these guys are so good and you realize that they've been regulated to not so good yep 
Yeah, Cesaro's been so good for a very long time, though. Like, they just don't give him any opportunity, and they always stick him in certain things. Like, like the bar was cool and everything, but essentially, you saw his true potential. Well, not only in NXT way back when, but when that whole him breaking his uh, teeth on the turnbuckle thing happened, you saw this guy still power power out through that entire match and do still phenomenal things. And I just thought that was a sign, like, all right, this guy's gonna get like a humongous push now. Vince sees that this guy's like a workaholic. He's in in it to win it, but nope, nope. Still on kickoff shows and uh, still seemingly in tag team. Like I don't know. But moving on to the actual show, yeah. uh, we start off with a fire match. Um, the Intercontinental Championship ladder match kicks off the show. Kind of surprised me there. I think they were trying to get the ladders out of the area. Yeah, I, it must be, but you'd think, and the 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 quality of this match really deserves to be farther into the show, if you ask Oh, me. absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we said it when we were talking beforehand when I was still watching the show, match of the night. Like, mm-hmm. insanely impressed with this match. So, the, the finish to this match came when Sami Zayn decided to stop playing fair-ish and start playing a little dirty and he pulled out up two pairs technically of handcuffs the long ones with the chains not the little short ones like you know most of the time are you like like cops use yeah like cops use not the small ones like these the long ones anyways and he handcuffed uh hardy to a ladder on the outside through Hardy's gauged ears. <laughs> that was awesome. Very creepy. Um, Not expecting that. And creepy, then, but uh, so, so I, I, I had mixed emotions about that because it seems like Vince might be obsessed with Hardy having gauged ears. It well, doesn't seem right. like you're he's... Wrestler, but you have gauged ears, so we're gonna make it a point to point it out all the time. Yeah, he does seem to be kind of harping on it a bunch. Um. You know, I was thinking that that leaves a perfectly good time for them to do a little stage makeup um, and have rip it out. Hardy rip it out and win the match by ripping ripping out and I was all thinking, that stuff. Uh, but they did not do that. Uh, they, Sami Zayn also attempted to handcuff AJ Styles to the ring ropes, but got distracted for no reason in the middle of doing the handcuffing. And went away for a second. And then when he came back, uh, AJ Styles blocked it and started to attack Sami Zayn. So Sami Zayn handcuffed himself to AJ Styles. Mm, damn right. Which at the time didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, right. But then it led to AJ Styles trying to figure out how to get to the top of the ladder with Sami Zayn still attached to him. I was literally yelling, like, AJ, just pick him up. Yeah, like, just... Carry him. Firemen carry him to the top of the ladder. And that's what he started to do. And then Jeff Hardy comes in, holding the ladder up by his face so that it doesn't tear through his ear, and uh, goes to attack. And during that, while they're both distracted and incapacitated, uh, you see Sami Zayn pull a key for the uh, handcuffs out of his pocket, or mouth, I think it was. Um, and unlock himself 
and then uh, cl- clamp uh, AJ Styles to the ladder and then climb up and win. So Sami Zayn is now officially a genius, the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. Intercontinental, the More Intercontinental Champion. Because it only takes a true Canadian to be IC champ, baby. Woo! No, great match though. Amazing no, match. Great match. Uh, probably oh, almost any place that you see will call this match of the night. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this gets in, in any stars ratings from Meltzer in the end. Uh, Meltzer's been a little bit stingier on stars during during COVID, mostly because of cinematic abilities. Cinematic matches. He doesn't believe it's fair to give a star rating for something that's pre-recorded and could be edited. Uh, this one obviously was not edited. It may have been pre-recorded, uh, but I don't think so because they had the Thunderdome there, so I assume they did it all live. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear any reports of the Thunderdome being called in earlier in the day or anything like that, right? So um, so I'm assuming it was done live. But on top of that, you know, uh, AEW got a five-star match at... Uh, all out was it when they had that no was that Dutch dynamite just dynamite anyways the uh 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 uh, parking lot brawl got a five-star match on AEW the other day so it'll be interesting to see where this lands on star ratings because I didn't find too much to actually complain about like I didn't expect Sami Zayn to win but I don't have a problem with them winning yeah, I'm 100% okay with how and how he won. Yeah. I kind of uh, wish I kind of wish they would have done a little something a little bit broader with the uh handcuffs like when he gets out a big thing of him handcuffing AJ to a corner instead of just to the ladder, things like that. But that's all nitpicky little stuff. That's that's just my theater brain saying, well this would have looked cooler not actually affecting I, the match. I think I think that a lot of that comes down to what have we not done before? And typically in the past, it's been, you know, uh, Cena won his by duct taping Batista, his last man standing by duct taping Batista's feet to the bottom rope. Um, You know, we see those handcuffs when they're used, typically going to the ropes or to the corners or stuff like that. And this was, I think there was something to be said for, I'm going to... Um, handcuff uh, uh, Jeff to the tiny ladders, which I really enjoyed that they had tiny ladders. I don't know if anybody else noticed, but the one that AJ launched at Sammy earlier, <laughs> I was like, why are there tiny ladders? That doesn't make any sense. You can't get into the ring, uh, get to the, up there with that tiny ladder. Eh, yeah, they got tiny ladders. Launch. All right. Um, I, my my problem probably with handcuffing him to the ladder is. What's one of the most overused tropes in stopping someone from winning a ladder match? Knocking over the ladder. If you're handcuffed to the ladder, all you have to do is pull your arm and you can knock the whole ladder over. Oh, you mean with AJ? AJ. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, and, yeah. and I didn't get that either. Why Why he just, or why he didn't just push Sammy's feet? Because his arm yeah. can still reach through. Just. Mm-hmm. Here go. Here's the top of the ladder in your face. Now I have time to figure out how to break this ladder and get the handcuff off. And so that's why I think handcuffing him, or at the very least handcuffing him to to like one of the lowest rungs of the ladder or something like that, 
So, so leverage wise, I don't know, but I think handcuffing him to a corner would have been a better visual. Yeah. But again, that's a nitpicky little thing that doesn't take away from the overall match. So. Yeah, this it was a great actual match. It was a surprise-ish ending. Um, but if you you knew if somebody was going to win by shenanigans, it was going to be Sami Zayn, and shenanigans it was. Like I said before uh, we started recording, I expected Hardy to win because I thought this was setting up a little bit longer of the feud where then Sami Zayn could still say, but you never actually beat me for it um, or you didn't pin me for it, I guess. But but I don't you have a problem. beat me one-on-one or something like that. Um, but I guess they could technically have Hardy say that and set up another one, I guess. Um, but anyways, moving on, we had the 24-7 championship. Of course, it wasn't like an announced match, but it was like R-Truth walking backstage and walked by a referee and for some reason or other talked to the referee. And the uh, referee's uh, locker room. But uh, You're hiding in the referee's locker room. But then uh, in the background... Dressed as an old gold miner. But then in the background, you see Drew Gulak doing his goose-stepping warm-up, which... um, Drew Gulak wasn't on the show, so why was he even there warming up? But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> Drew Gulak... Because uh, Vince calls everybody in for everything. Yes. It's all hands on deck. Um, but I'm Just not in on case. Uh-huh. But, I'm, but I'm not on the show. You might be. You might have I don't know when I'm going to change the script. Before seven championships. Um, which he did. So Drew Gulak spotted an opportunity and rolled up our truth to win the 24-7 champion. Uh, now, now roll-up champion. Yep. Now, uh, I'm going to just do a spoiler because I, I don't remember when the second part happened. It could have been just five minutes later or 20 minutes later or an hour later. But eventually, R-Truth uh, came back and rolled up Gulak for a win. So, uh, so R-Truth is still champion. R-Truth is a 77-time champion. Yes, sir. 77 times. I don't know if anyone's going to beat that record. <laughs> never say Flair's never. got some never. work to do. Yeah. Come on, Flair. Get back in the ring. Uh, moving on. We had the Raw Championship, Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, of course, like I said, this was supposed to be on the kickoff show and they moved it to the main card. Asuka versus Zelina Vega. And uh, this was a decent match, but am I the only one who thinks you would have had to have been stupid to pick Zelina Vega to win this match? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, yes and no, because they were kind of building her up and like, okay, maybe they're going to try to do something with Selena after the whole manager thing. Maybe they're going to give her a push. It's a new face. I remember her being somewhat decent in NXT. I don't even think she wrestled even that much there either, though. Uh, but for sure, I guess Asuka was going to win it. I was just expecting maybe for like some surprise to come out. Uh, and Interestingly Asuka- enough, there was, though. Well, I guess. I, uh, Mark's explain it. I'll let you do your recapping as you do so good. Explain a surprise. There was yeah. really no surprise. Asuka won with the Asuka lock in a relatively short match overall. And then afterwards, Asuka uh, complimented Zelina Vega. And um, Zelina Vega looked like she was going to bow and, and pay homage to Asuka, and when Asuka started to bow, uh, Zelina Vega kicked her in the gut and attacked her and then left. So, like, so there was, 
it was a good match um, overall. But again, Zelina Vega on Raw since coming up has had very, very few singles matches. Like very, very few. Uh, she's been in a couple mixed matches, um, but very, 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 very few uh, televised singles matches. And that's why I say no one expected, no one in their right mind expected Zelina Vega to win this match. They didn't build it up long enough for her to be a viable challenger, right? Lacey Evans got more build up before her first championship match. Um, so this really just kind of felt like, oh, let's throw her in a championship match now. And I got to be honest, it's probably because they've got enough uh, other women who are either out sick, injured, um, <laughs> stuck in another country, um, or yeah. whatever. And so uh, there's part of me that wonders if this wasn't, if this isn't just filler until they bring someone like uh, Tessa Blanchard in to be a real challenger for Asuka. Uh, I thought Tessa's going to NXT. Uh, Tessa hasn't yet that we are assuming is Tessa. I should rephrase that. Um, the vignettes that I've been seeing on NXT mostly are uh, suggesting it's a male superstar that's coming, and they specifically say that they're coming back to NXT. No, I'm talking about the one with the heels. Uh, the the one that's playing on SmackDown. Oh, is that on SmackDown? Okay. That's on SmackDown, and it's almost 100% Carmella. It is. Oh, yeah. That's definitely Carmella. It is. It, uh, some guys did, like, a whole close-up of her arm tattoo that they accidentally showed, and uh, Carmella has that same tattoo. Like, so, yeah, it's... A it's thousand percent Carmella. Yeah. Here's the deal. If if oh, Tessa follows the... Change it. If Tessa follows the traditional path, then yes, she would go to NXT first because that's the way almost everyone goes. But I could see them hotshotting Tessa to the main card uh, just to to give a shot in the arm to the women's division on the main card. Because let's be honest, NXT women's division doesn't need any extra help right now. No, no. Uh, No, they haven't even tapped into Scarlet yet. Yeah. And that's the deal is they've got they've got a lot of talent on NXT. They don't have much. Well, not saying they don't have much, but they're a little bit lighter on talent on Raw. Now, frankly, who they should have put instead of Zelina Vega would have been Peyton Royce, if you asked me. It's been rumored they're wanting her for a push, yeah. push right now, anyways, and a singles. Throw her in there and have a shot. But but no, it wasn't a bad match. It was short. Um, I'm trying to see if we got. We didn't. We didn't get to see Zelina's wheelhouse though either, other than trickery. Other than at the end trickery, and well, there was trickery early too. But so, uh, but it, it wasn't. And here's the deal: Zelina Vega can can wrestle. She can go. Uh, I think the problem is she's a smaller woman, and Oscar is by no means huge. But, but she's so good. You know what I mean? Like, like. I'm sure Oscar could sell and so on, but you have to give her a little something, something. You have to be somewhat credible too, because she's so talented. One of the best, for sure, women wrestlers on any roster that is there. So it's very difficult to go up against Oscar. Oh, okay. You're referencing Oscar. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. No. What the? Why would? But Zelina's very good. Like I. Not Oscar. No one is ready for Oscar. Oscar's ready for everyone. But no one is ready for us. Ah, 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 ah. All right. I, and that's I kind of, your... yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I was saying is like Oscar 
Asuka's not a, a tall girl. She's not a big girl in any way. But Zelina looked downright tiny next to Asuka. Yeah, and I, I think that plays into the credibility of that match for me. That it looked like such a uh, mismatch. And the fact that we haven't had a long buildup for Zelina Vega... Um, made it a little bit tougher to take her as a legitimate challenger. Kind of reminds you of another match later on in the night. Cool. That description that you just gave. Uh, uh, kind of reminds me of the next match. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. They are relatively close in size. They're only like 40 pounds apart in size. Yeah, that's yeah only like, Apollo's like pounds. But Apollo's like two inches, three inches shorter, so that, that compensates for that. Their builds are almost identical. Apollo has way more aerial skill um, and a lot of the same strength and power, which we saw from his exploder during this match. Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to become a believer in Apollo, and I wish they'd have done something different than they did. Go ahead. No, I'm 100% a believer in Apollo. But next to Bobby Lashley, Apollo looks like Bobby Lashley's mini-me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that makes it a little bit tougher for this match to, to get the footing that it needed to. It was still a good match, though. Uh, Apollo Crews did what he did. Uh, Lashley does what he does. Um, Apollo was able to do, like you said, some pretty big moves on... Uh, Lashley, like a, a gorilla press slam on Lashley, hitting the shooting star, standing shooting star press afterwards. You know, I mean, those those were all impressive and everything. So, unlike the Oscar match, we really thought Apollo could win this match. Um, yeah, he did not, but we thought he could. Um, this is, however, one of those times where, and we'll we'll cover it a little bit more later. You've got a heel champion. And I've noticed this, and it's bugged me for a while with WWE, that heel champions haven't recently been winning heel ways. Aside right? from Sammy. Well, Aside A, A, you could argue Sammy wasn't a heel champion, but that's beside the point. Um, but, like, going back to my youth watching wrestling, how many times did a heel champion win a match by just leaving? Taking advantage of champion's advantage, right? Uh, didn't um, Bailey sort of do that tonight? Bailey attempted to at one point, and then left. And then, and then she got did, herself disqualified. She did get herself disqualified. So that, but that's that's the exception, not the exception. That's the first time in, I think, a year that I've been keeping track that a heel has won in a heel way. Uh, well, there's we, been low blows and stuff without the ref looking. Yeah, but that's that's a heel way. I'm trying to get my point across here in, in a way that because there's a, there's a certain type of heel tactic that's not cheating when the ref isn't looking. That's just simply taking advantage of the fact the, the that rule set. the rule set, the taking advantage of the fact that you cannot lose the championship unless you are physically beaten in the ring. And so uh, the walk out of the ring uh, for the count out, uh, the flat out cheat in front of the ref to, to you know, technically lose the match, but you hold on to the championship because you don't get paid extra in kayfabe based on your wins. You get paid extra in kayfabe based on being the champion. So doesn't matter how you win. You don't even have to distract the ref and low blow to win. 
Because even if the ref sees you low blow, you still keep the championship, right? And and this is one of those matches where Bobby Lashley's part of not just a, he's not just a heel champion, but he's part of a heel <coughs> champ, part of a heel champion stable um, that has no problem with the idea of overwhelming odds. So why didn't you you just have the hurt lock hurt blocker hurt business come out? <laughs> why didn't you just play the hurt locker instead of this? <laughs> that was a great movie. Uh, <laughs> why didn't you just have the hurt locker? God, I did it again. Why don't you just have the Hurt Business come out and cheat to help Bobby Lashley win? That's, I guess, my point. Because mm. you're yeah. not a writer. That's why. Yes, because I did not write an Oscar-winning movie. Oh, darn it. I'm still talking about Hurt Locker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in the end, though, Bobby Lashley uh, hit the Lashley whatever submission Hurt Lock. <laughs> I love that in unison your co-hosts all say er. <laughs> yeah, we're all cheesy like that. But um so good match. Again, we've already had the best match of the night. Spoiler alert, none of the That's matches the match. at after that ladder match quite get to best match of the night. And honestly, we've, we've seen Lashley, Cruz, Lashley, Cruz, Cruz, MVP. I'm tired of this. This whole, let's put, just to stop, just go different routes. Give Cruz another opportunity at something else. Bring Cruz with Ricochet. Let him go after the tag titles. Or, I don't know, like, I, I'm done. I'm just done with, I like, the Hurt Business and, uh... What's it called? Uh, Retribution. That's cool. I like that. Make that a thing. Make that happen. Cruz can go do something else now. Oh, don't get me started on Retribution here. Yeah. First of all, why why weren't they there tonight? That was what I was going to say. First of all, Retribution, the biggest storyline going on across all of the brands. uh, Well, not all of them, but all of the main brands, because they were on both SmackDown and Raw for a while. Um, didn't make any appearance at this at all. Secondly, nope. who thought the stupid new masks were a good idea? Listen, Dollar Store had a crazy sale on masks, <laughs> and Vince was like, oh, this is some good S-word. I'm going to buy the whole store's masks open. I'm going to get a great deal. And he just gave everyone a mask and says, you're retribution, you're retribution, you're retribution. Um yeah. All I'm they weren't say dollar store is... masks. They were spirit of Halloween masks. As you know, those stores open up all around us this time of the year. So he probably got a sponsorship. All I took I'm going to say is Dijakovic really needs to work on his Bane impersonation. He sounds more like Batman than he does like Bane. Um, and what I also want to mention too, although the actual retribution on Raw isn't good, their Twitter is phenomenal. Their Twitter game is pretty decent, but... Our um, Twitter shall defeat you, and I will break your back. I was wondering when you would show up. Um. <laughs> but no, no, instead, it's, we're angry. Well... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. The, the masks were horrible. The names were almost worse. Yeah, T-bar. why can't they be who they are? Yeah. About the only thing that I can say from it is giving them these dumb names 
will allow them to, whenever this retribution angle is over, just pretend like they weren't ever involved with it. Be like, no, no, I was just on vacation. It's, it's me. And, and guys, and they get contracts. Let's break shit up. And then, hey, look at that. We get contracts. Landstorm's tweet was hilarious. And I think <laughs> you posted this to me, or maybe one of my other friends did. But Landstorm was like, so wait a minute. If I would have, he's like, so they're allowed to, they're, they're allowed to break stuff and they get a contract. Well, you should have told me. I would have set a, a that place in a blaze if it would have if it would have meant I kept my job. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just hilarious. I was like, you go, Landstorm. You were serious for a moment, and it made me laugh. That was great. If I can be serious for a moment, anyway. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah. T bar, you got slap nuts, you got. D's nuts. I don't remember what the other name. Anyway, yes, I, I agree. The names were terrible. The the unveiling was well. The guy in the Jason mask. We still don't exactly know who that is. Most people think it's Shane Thorne, but yeah. nobody really knows. Well, and that, uh, I think that's kind of what I'm saying is, you know, aside from Dominic Dijakovic, who we're 100 certain it's him. Um, in the and, band mask. Yeah, and it's T Bar, I think. Is that right? T Bar. Yep. And then uh, I I have to laugh because we're going off on a tangent, but we're going to stay on this tangent for a bit. I have to laugh that the entire announced team is like, who is that big guy with the dreadlocks? Like, he sat next to you for six <laughs> months. Dio. Is that Dio. Dio. You remember Dio? He was the one who stood up and got beat down by uh, Brock. By Brock, your champion that time. Right? You remember that? Remember when you were all proud of him for standing up to Brock? That's him, right? No, I can't, Sparks. I have amnesia. I don't remember <laughs> anything from So you bring Mercedes now. Martinez on, have her be an absolute badass, and she's second hat to Mia Yim in the, as women of, of uh, Retribution, too. It's like... And even more than that. Why are you second... Why is Mercedes Martinez second hat to Mia. Is Mia's not great on the mic. In fact, she needed to buy a mask to fit properly. Um, my, my thing is, you're Mercedes <laughs> you have worked on the indies for almost 20 years building up your name and reputation as one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. You finally get signed by WWE and what's the first thing they do? They take away your freaking name and put a mask on. Like... <laughs> And, and I like, to... The only person that's excited about this right now, well, Dio is because he can actually wrestle instead of just doing commentary. And then Shane Thorne, obviously, is like, yes, I am jacked. Finally, <laughs> I don't have to wear that stupid vest. But, uh, God, just like, I, I just have to say this, Mercedes. If you'd have signed with AEW, you'd be wrestling under Mercedes Martinez right now. And you'd probably be going for the AEW women's title. Yep, that's about the All point. Right. Back Daddy. to Lashley. I there's a there's a huge even though we're not doing WBU tonight or um, anything like that. <laughs> I have to give a commendation to um, uh, oh my god, I can't remember who he was in the match against Apollo uh, Cruz. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name. I, I knew the who the person was um, on pulling out of Lashley. What was probably his best match in WWE. This was a, it was a very good match for Lashley. Yep, that's valid. It's just, still didn't care for it though. 
<laughs> well, it's I, you follow you follow a five star match and tell me how great you are after that. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, you know, in the end, um, you could not care for this match, but I'm gonna be straight up. It's better than the next match: Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. And this is not a knock on any of those wrestlers, but we've seen this match at yeah. every pay per view for the last six months. To be so, fair. Same thing with Lashley and Apollo. Yeah. But if it's not mixed with uh, MVP in replace of. I think this match was to tell a story. And if they break those two up, that's the worst decision they can possibly make. Well, it's definitely to tell that story. That's what they, the story they've been telling on Raw. The the problem is Montez Ford has been the hero several times before. The thing is, what they're going to do is they're, they're probably going to break eventually both the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel up. And really? They'll all be singles. I think the Street Profits have a better shot of continuing, being kind of a New Day sort of a team, where they're still a team, but they also do singles matches. But Andrade and Angel Garza split up, they're never going to get back together as a team, period. I just, I think that, that Vince looked at Angelo Dawkins and went, oh, said my athletic big dude. Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> I fucked up Bam Bam Bigelow. I'll try and fix it. And he does it <laughs> over and over and over, and he continues to fuck up large athletic man. Mm-hmm. Let Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford be what we all so very much so enjoy about them. Yep. Like, they're fun. So, the, match, the match went on, ended with the Street Profits winning because, of course, they... Angelo were... Dawkins is a badass. Yeah. Um... There, there's uh, on the outside, and it was kind of very briefly shown, but it looked like Angel Garza might have gotten hurt. Um, if you if you spotted it, you could see the referee throw up the X signal at one point. So, oh, wow. uh, but it was just kind of very briefly. But yeah, Dawkins get the hit the spinebuster on the wind, even though it looks like Andrade kicked out, but the Street Profits still won. So. No, but he did kick out, though. Like, the referee, I guess, just didn't see it or messed up. Or because the other guy was hurt, they were just going to end the match sort of deal. Well, um, it, could, it could be that Andrade wasn't supposed to kick out and he instinctively did or something. Who knows? Or that he was supposed to and he didn't realize that the script had been changed because Angel was hurt. Yeah, who knows? But the Street Profits won. Here's hoping that's the end of this feud because we've seen it. A thousand times. Let Andrade well, and Garza problem when you want when you want to have sixty-seven uh, individuals and no tag teams is some individuals get buried. So just to give you a live update, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, it's believed that the injury was related to Garza's hip and not his leg. Johnson added that Garza will be getting checked out to confirm, but the belief is the injury may not be as serious as initially feared. Here's what it comes down to is, in the end, Andrade legitimately can hold his own as a single star. Yes. I don't think main roster Angel Garza has it right now as a single star. I think he needs more time in, in the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it elevates the cruiserweight division. Yeah, I think two or three years from now, potentially. Oh, uh, wow. But keep in mind, a year ago, Angel Garza was fairly fresh on NXT. Like, 
he hasn't been in the company in for very long at all. I'm looking up to be certain, but because I want to say it was right around a year ago that he started in NXT. We'll see what cage match. Let's see. Um, yep, 2019 was when he was signed to N- to WWE. Before that, he wrestled all over the place elsewhere, but not... So yeah, he's only been in WWE for about a year. And that's kind of... I don't think he's seasoned enough to hold off on a singles run on the main roster right now. His debut, his debut was February 5th of 2019, so a year and a half. And he lost a man in his first match. <laughs> Must have been in Saudi Arabia. Uh, his gimmick is nice, though. Like, I like his gimmick, how he's flirtatious or whatever. Like, he can have a good storyline gimmick. And I don't know. Like, I want to see him more in single competitors to see how he really is. Because they kind of always do the same thing with them both in tag teams. So I need to see more of him, I guess. His uh, NXT television <laughs> debut was uh june 12th of 2019 in the breakout tournament so but that's my point i just i don't think angel garza right now is ready for a singles run on the main roster uh had send him back down to nxt uh and he'll be a uh contender on a daily basis down there but i think main round yeah down over there We've had a long time of calling NXT down there. It's a bad habit, but it's hard to break. Anyways, we will move on to a changed match. It was going to be Bailey versus Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's Championship. But as we mentioned before, Nikki Cross, no S there. So... No speaker English. So... Bailey comes out and does her in-ring promo saying, uh, Nikki Cross can't be here because uh, she can't wrestle. So um, just uh, announce me the winner. And then they said, and then she was like, uh, we'll do an open challenge. Whoever comes to the ring, will I'll fight them. And then there was a just a very briefest amount of time and no one showed up. So she's like, oh, no one showed up. So announce me the winner. And then, and you- then... Music hits, and it's Oscar pulling double duty this night. You said duty, duty, <laughs> double duty. I said it twice. <laughs> oh God, we're pathetic. Anyway, go on. So the match happens. Oscar versus Bailey. Um, we've already mentioned before. Oscar uh, technically gets the win because Bailey decides to cheat and. Just not cheat, actually. Just disqualify herself with a steel chair to Asuka. Um, So, Bailey loses, but takes advantage of champion's advantage and keeps her belt. The match itself isn't really the point. Um, I kind of said this beforehand. I'm pretty certain that the overall structure of this match was exactly the same as it was going to be with Nikki Cross there. That this match was really set up for uh, Nikki Cross to win via disqualification and then after the match Sasha Banks comes out and just beats the tar out of Bailey. Uh, that was kind of fun that to watch. That part happened. That part, that part definitely happened. happened. And it was fun yeah. to watch. Um, Sasha Banks spent maybe a little bit too much time overselling her neck injury but I guess, you know, whatever. Better than underselling a broken jaw. I feel like that's uh, referencing something yet to happen. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. But yeah. So afterwards, uh, Sasha Banks hits the ring. 
um, takes out Bailey's legs, hits her with a bunch of kendo stick shots, hits her with a chair, goes to hit her again with a chair, uh, and Bailey rolls out and runs away. So nothing special, but like I said, I'm still relatively certain it was effectively. I, I think with Nikki Cross, it would have been a longer match, but I think the overall structure was probably the same. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't want dead air there. I just chose to give it to you. It's okay. It'll all disappear when I hit that um, remove silence. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about this one. Um, uh, yeah. For what it was designed to do, this match was exactly that. And it was not bad because of that. Um, but it wasn't a great match by any means because it wasn't designed to be a great match. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly what That's it. Was. It. So, exactly, yeah. So, longer match. I would have thought maybe if it was a Ale- uh, not Alexa, but Cross in it, maybe we would have seen Alexa, but maybe not. If especially if Banks was gonna interfere, anyways, I don't think they'd make Alexa interfere as well. Yeah, I think I think that would have been putting way too much in that. So, um, in the end, it does bring up because we've only got two matches left on this. Uh, card, and they're both men's matches. Uh, it, worth pointing out that uh, I'm going to spoil these two matches. We don't see Bray or The Fiend um, at all on this. And yes, he's not a champion, so I don't have to defend, but he's still one of your biggest stars, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't see Alexa Bliss, even though you're telling a story with her and the fiend right now you didn't have anything of that of her um didn't see braun who's arguably one of your bigger stars i see what you did there with the double entendre that was yeah i liked it bigger stars <laughs> they did have a bigger star than him though they sure did <laughs> they had that in this next match <laughs> drew mcintyre versus randy orton in the ambulance match now as soon as they announced it was going to be an ambulance match that opened up all sorts of options for shenanigans because effectively it's no DQ. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I'm just going to say uh, this was not a better match than the uh, ladder match. Not trying to argue that, but at times might have been more enjoyable than the ladder match. I would agree it's with because that. Because of the surprises. Mm-hmm. I think so, surprises definitely help. Yeah. So we had a bunch of surprises, which, like I said, with no DQ, you know shenanigans are going to happen. Uh, the first one was Big Show coming out and uh, attacking Randy Orton, getting back at him for punting him, was it three months ago now? Four months ago? In a neck brace. Yes, came out still in a neck brace because uh, punts are that dangerous and deadly, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but so uh, Big Show chokeslammed Orton through the announce table. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent. One of my problems with uh, these uh, COVID era pay-per-views is there's not a Spanish announce table at ringside anymore. <laughs> right. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Did you just say it was your favorite announce table? No, I just said there's just the standard announce table. Oh. First of all, can you not have a favorite announce table? Why? <laughs> I suppose, yeah. If you were going to rank the announce tables, would the Spanish announce table not be your favorite announce table? <laughs> I, I suppose it would be. <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> like, like 
are you really gonna put the Mandarin announce table above the Spanish announce table? I mean, it's just there. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, I deeply, deeply enjoy the Japanese announce table. Because uh, it's got. Yeah, Funaki is the reason. That's that's it. I'm done. That's the whole thing. Um, but so yeah, so you had Big Show, and then uh, I mean, effectively the storyline of this match was Randy Orton powers through everyone attacking him, um, which almost made me think throughout it that Randy Orton was gonna win because the storyline of him overcoming everyone and their dog being angry at him and coming after him and somehow or another he wins um i could see them doing uh but they didn't so the winner was drew mcintyre he actually won it with a punt kick but we'll get to that uh in the end we had big show show up then later we had christian show up then later we had Shawn michaels show up and then in the end we even had an appearance by rick flair so the only person who didn't show up that really should have was Edge. Uh, and I think that's just because he's still injured. Quite possibly. Could be that he couldn't make it in from Canada. Oh, yeah, there is that too. Because I believe Christian lives in Florida, but, and Shawn Michaels, of course, lives in Florida, you know. Wait, why is that? Texas. A- yeah, it Slash Texas. Really- but he works for NXT most of the time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, okay, my bad. He's, he's got to pay off that jbl debt exactly <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so glad both of you guys remember that really bad storyline but there was one uh moment that did make me groan a bit in this match and that's when mcintyre claymored a door off of the uh, ambulance i didn't hate it the reason it made me groan is not the effect itself it was oh uh, when the door came off you could see very clear as day that all of the wiring between the door and the thing had been cut, not torn. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> like, come on, guys, you're better than that. Oh, apparently they're not. Apparently they're not. No, apparently I overestimated them. Yep. One job. But like I said, I it, just a little bit of a groan just because <laughs> it's like, come on, you guys could do a little bit better than that. But they didn't. Did they? Apparently they could not. <laughs> or apparently they didn't want to. Like, yeah, no one will notice that. And they were wrong because I did. So one person noticed that. And only one. Probably just and, one. And honestly, they do need to only please one person, and that is Vinnie Mac. And you know what? Vinnie Mac probably thought that was some good S words. So, yep, you're, you're alone in this matter, and no one will care. You're not the audience of one they're catering to. Well, apparently not. So, um, so Christian was able to attack him in the back and beat him up. For... Now, the one thing I don't understand is this is a no DQ match, an ambulance match. Every time someone came in and attacked him, Big Show, Christian, uh, the referee was like, you got to go. And the people were like, okay, fine. And they left. And I'm like, why would you leave? Just keep beating them. They can't stop you. Because then you would still be here complaining that what was the point of having this match if you were just going to do this anyways? Ambulance matches suck. Uh, and the groan would have been bigger. Maybe you haven't heard the predecessor to our show. <laughs> yeah. Where fans <laughs> endlessly nitpick everything. That's how <laughs> <what> we do. <laughs> 
Um, literally a part of our job role. Yes, yeah, that's valid. We set that expectation from day one, and that's what we're keeping it to. <laughs> but. Needlessly and endlessly. Son of a bitch, you just pulled it off. Good job, Smarts. <laughs> they end up coming back to the area where the ambulance is. Uh, they get up on the hood. Orton slams McIntyre through it's the window. Rough. No, they're on the hood first. Okay. I'll and then he goes through the windshield, and then they get on the roof. By the way, his back was fucked up yeah. on that windshield. It yeah, I way thought... worse than Corey Graves was selling Sami Zayn's back. Mm-hmm. Way well, worse. Uh, again, mentioning the uh, street fight brawl on AEW, Trent got his back a little tore up by a similar slam through a windshield. But it was nowhere near as tore up as McIntyre's back was. Oh, that was- yeah. McIntyre's getting glass from it. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no way there's that's not le- legit glass shards involved. But Holy cow. In the end, they're up on the roof. The roof. It was not on fire. Um, Orton knocks McIntyre off, and he's standing up there like that was, I don't know, a really big deal that he knocked i mean in reality he knocked him off but he's hanging from the top and then he like stomps on his fingers so he drops to the ground so it really was a pretty tame fall but orton's standing up there thinking he's you know cool shit and turns around and bam sweet chin music (laughs) and he goes off through the obviously placed um platform for him to fall through safely to the side that was legit. That statement is very legit. <laughs> the camera angles and everything just... Oh, okay, they made a safe spot for him to land. Well, that's cool. Yep. Um, but then uh, it gets back to the back. They brawl a bit more. Um, McIntyre's able to hit a Claymore. Uh, puts him in the back of the ambulance, but then decides, no, I'm not going to close the door yet. And pulls his head out so he could run over and do a punt. And so McIntyre punts Orton and then shoves him in there and closes the doors. And then they tap on the side of the ambulance, say, you can drive off. And it's Ric Flair driving the ambulance. I want to say, I don't think I'd trust Ric Flair driving an ambulance even with the windshield not shattered. But I certainly would not trust Ric Flair driving an ambulance with a shattered windshield. So there's another spot that I have that I'm like, why, why, um why so there's a point early in the match or no it is like it's in this this last segment by the ambulance number one there's a point where um this match is designed to hurry up get him in the back of the truck and shut the door like that works that's okay um but early in the match you have drew throw randy into the back of the vehicle and just bounce his head off of it and i think to myself well, why wouldn't you try and open the doors? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you think you have enough control over somebody to throw them at the vehicle, just yeah. open the doors open the door and, throw first, them in and then throw them in. Yeah. So that's the first one. And then later on, when Randy, when Drew's behind the the ambulance, and Randy is setting up to do his attempt at a punt, and he doesn't do it, and he opens the door. Um, the reason the door gets opened is so that Drew can clay more through the door and miss. Um, by the way, that had to hurt with the back again being torn up from the glass. Because um, I think that was after. Was No, the door was first. Okay. So um, I think to myself, it looks like Randy's going to 
drive over Drew with this ambulance. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else get that vibe? Like, oh my god, he's gonna drive over him. With I mean, an ambulance. it's what I'd do. <laughs> like, yeah, your goal was to incapacitate. If you're still alive that far into that match. <laughs> that's definitely what I'd do. But um, my favorite part, however, was when Randy Orton tried to pin Drew McIntyre on the hood of the vehicle. Uh, forgetting entirely that the rules of the match are you have to put them inside the back of the... Uh, I just thought it was funny because he starts to roll up and grab the leg and then he's like, wait a second, no, never mind. But it was... This was a good match. Um, I don't think, in my opinion, it was as good as the parking lot brawl on AEW. Uh, but part of what made that one so good is... It had four slash five people involved with it. So this had five people. This one did have five people involved overall, but the parking lot brawl could go and focus on Santana and Trent for a bit and then go over here and there's Chucky and Ortiz and then back to San, you know, whereas this, even when there was the interference, it still was the same people. Um, Not but to it was mention grandma or mom yeah, showed up in the other suit. One. So, uh, speaking of Sue, has her own pro wrestling t shirt now for AEW, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, hashtag not sponsored, but hashtag go buy a Sue shirt. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. but so this was a good match, this was entertaining. Um, kind of playing into what we were saying earlier, this was a very good pay per view that just felt like it didn't give you a payoff in the end because. So far, we've got one no match. Titles have changed hands, no titles have changed except, except for the Sami 24th. Zane. And Sami Zayn technically wasn't officially the Intercontinental Champion. So Even though he was the Intercontinental Champion. And he made a point of telling Kayla that later. We will move on to the main event, the Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns versus his hand-picked opponent, his cuz, Jey Uso. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. I'm gonna like- I was so excited. I, this is the first time in months I've been excited for a Roman, in years, been excited for a Roman Reigns match actually excited for a Roman Reigns match. Okay. <laughs> I no, I, I, I am enjoying Heal of Roman. Oh, okay, okay. Like I'm enjoying Heal of Roman. I, I think it's fun. Uh the, we have gone through ups and downs not to not to steal a title of Simon Miller's show, but we've gone through ups and downs over the last year of doing this podcast of going, this is obviously the better show right now. This is obviously the better show right now. That has not been SmackDown until recently. Um, I would say NXT is still slightly better, but not by much. SmackDown storylines have me intrigued. I know that Smarks just flat out gets pissed off about the whole Fiend thing, but Smarks is watching it every Saturday after he's DVR'd it or found a way to find to watch it. Um, and, and, you know, Sling TV, and he's watching it every Saturday and talking with us about it. 
because he wants to know where that stinking fiend storyline is going or what's going on with this Roman storyline. There's good storylines on SmackDown. I was intrigued by this one. I was like, what are you going to do here? Like, are you going to bring The Rock out? Holy fuck, are they going to bring The Rock out? No, it's not going to be The Rock. Oh my God, is Jake going to fucking win this? There was no, no gate for the Rock to rip, though. That, that's the thing. If there was a, a was a gate match or something, then we know the <laughs> Rock would be there for sure. Rip <laughs> oh, I I have a feeling that the Rock is going to be in Vince McMahon's uh, shit house here for a bit. I just I think that that the way this is being sold prior to knowing where where this went, I. I don't care about what Smarks is saying about the rock being in Vince's shithouse. Oh, okay. But politic related. Right? Get no, into it's it. Ha- it has nothing to do with politics. Okay. Abs- well, I mean, I guess a form of politics, but not, not American politics. No. It has to do with the fact that Ken Shamrock is being inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame, and the rock is going to be presenting him. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't care. <laughs> okay, I don't know why Vince would care that much, though. Like, what the hell? Because Vince doesn't like it when any of his superstars appear on another rival promotion, and he still considers The Rock one of his superstars, even though The Rock's not under contract with him. And no. yeah. I think I think that this was a perfect point to tell. This is how I would have written it, I guess. And and maybe it ruins fantasy booking. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'd have had The Rock come out and be like, "When did you take over my spot at the head of the table?" Ah, yeah, that's where I was going with it. I know I didn't say it when we were talking earlier, while I was watching it. That's where I'd have gone with it. Um, I was excited for the whole thing, though. I really was. And I still and... think that's going to be a thing for WrestleMania next year. Roman Rock, and I feel like this is going to go on until There's not a movie contract in the way. Uh, well, I mean, you know, because of COVID, there might not be. True, but yeah, I mean, we should probably go mad technically because. Um, it was essentially a beatdown. Uh, Roman beating down his cuz. And I don't know, Mark, do you want to just talk about the beatdown? I feel like you've recapped everything else. He took Mark in your last initial. That's what he was doing <laughs> when he said Mark's. Yep. That's what I do. Uh, Mark's. Mark S. Um, I mean, I can go over this. I was kind of interested to hear you guys talking because I have a feeling I'm going to have a different opinion than you guys on this match. Well, but, go ahead and give the recap and then you can... You give can... the recap and then we'll opinion our way through life. So so there was a bit of a beatdown vibe to this. Um, it, you know, it was definitely the underdog Jey Uso versus the dominant Roman Reigns. Um, but they, they continued. Every time Roman Reigns had it under control then Uso would find some way to get a little bit of steam back um and then and then you know he hits the Roman Reigns hits the Superman punch but Jey Uso rolls out of the ring before they can can capitalize on it and it just kept going uh Roman Reigns went to hit a uh spear and Jey Uso turned it into a pin attempt uh, yeah two count but still um he, uh, you know, um, hit a super kick, a top rope splash, near fall. All of this stuff, you know, happened. And the storyline that they were telling is this plucky underdog uh, taking this beating but continuing to try to make things happen. Um, in the end, uh, like I said, Jey Uso hit the uh, top rope frog splash sort of a thing. I guess he doesn't technically call it a frog splash because he doesn't do the froggy motion. Doesn't matter. Um and but when Roman Reigns did the kick out, it 
air quotes inadvertently uh, low blowed Jey Uso, uh, which caused him to flail around on the ground like he'd been shot. Um, and that in allowed the testicles. in the testicles, yes. And that allowed Roman Reigns to have cock. control. Yes, on the show cock. On cock, he got hit in the balls. Uh, a cock and balls. Um, T-shirt ideas. <laughs> so, so after that, um, Roman Reigns now has total control, and he just starts beating the tar out of Jey Uso. Uh, he doesn't go to for a pen. He just keeps holding him and beating him up, saying, "You need to acknowledge me as the tribal chief." And then Uso refuses. And then Roman Reigns hits him with a spear and then gets in front of him and says, tell the world, uh, you know, tell the world on my camera that this is my WWE and I'm the tribal chief. And Jey Uso responds, not today. And then Roman Reigns beats him up some more and continues to do this and continues to beat up on Jey Uso. And Jey Uso continues to say, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And at that point, Jimmy Uso comes out limping to the ring, selling leg injury, or maybe legitimately leg injury. I guess I don't know. Um, and uh, says, I'm going to throw in the towel. And Jay says, don't throw in the towel. And then Jimmy says, but I'm going to throw in the towel. And <laughs> Jay says, don't throw in the towel. And uh, eventually... You say that I'm the chief. You say that I'm the chief. And Jay says, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't throw in the towel. And eventually, to get to the end of it, Jimmy Uso throws in the towel. Uh, so Roman Reigns wins the match based off of Jimmy Uso throwing in the towel. And then Roman Reigns continues to beat up on Jay Uso to the point that Jimmy dives into the ring and covers up his brother to save his brother. Um, and uh, that's, that's the end. Uh, Roman Reigns walks off with the championship belt and we fade to black. Well, and he also has that new look now. He wears the, um, what do you call it? The Samoan um, tribe thing. Not good with names. Good but story, bud. Yeah. Well, the big thing, Roman Reigns is no longer wrestling in a vest, uh, much to the confusion of my wife, who walked in and said, did Roman Reigns get a bunch of new back tattoos? And I'd say, um, I don't know. We haven't seen his back in forever. So... Maybe he's always yeah. wearing a vest. So, um, but now discuss. Tell me what you guys thought of it. Well, first and foremost, I want to bring up that this particular piece of discussion is brought to you by our desire to be sponsored by the um, by, by the tourism board for Turks and Caicos. Ah, uh, our lovely days growing up on Turks and Caicos. <sighs> Unfortunately, we're not yet, so Turks and Caicos, please get to it. Second of all, I just figured that's a good spot to throw that in. We really want to be sponsored by the tourism board. Anyway. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I'd probably be fine with being sponsored by the tourism board of, like, Cleveland or someplace. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Ideally, Turks and Caicos, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jacksonville want to give me a shout out? I'm, I'm down. So we were just talking about the rock before. You know what else rocks? Cleveland rocks. And you should go there. Guys, it would be perfect. Give me anything. I will advertise the ish out of that. <laughs> go ahead, babe. 
What did you think of this match? Oh, yeah. I I have a feeling that Smarks is going to include my dialogue because we actually did get to re, uh, to record my dialogue on watching that again because I was a little bit behind uh, on the show. Um, I was I, I was brutally disappointed, not because I didn't like the idea of building Roman as a heel, but because I don't. I don't know that it accomplished anything. Like this whole pay-per-view closed one storyline that's going to continue because we have to beat them to death, but closed one storyline with, uh, um, Sami Zayn and, and, uh, yeah, that whole storyline. Um, but there was no no reason for this storyline other than Roman bad guy. In case you guys didn't figure it out, Roman bad. That's it. That's the whole story. Well, no, I I do think it. Now look, I do think it made the Usos look tough and had some sort of perseverance because they wouldn't give up. They. They'll, they'll take the beatdowns. They're they're gonna do everything they can, but they won't give up. Won't give up. Granted, his brother threw in the towel and he gave up, but uh, Jay Uso himself didn't give up. So it's kind of still building that, and I feel like this is not over between Roman and Jay. Something else is going on there. I just don't feel. I feel they could have told the story by making Jay look a little bit more tough. And then ultimately Roman just annihilating him at the end and therefore having that attitude of, you know, still maybe the towel being thrown in or whatever, but showcasing Jay Uso a little bit more. Sure, he did the splash. Sure, he did the suicide dive. Cool. But ultimately it was nothing but a Roman beatdown and I wanted them to showcase Jay Uso a little bit more than they did. I get the story they were trying to tell, uh, at least that's how I felt. But at the same time, I didn't want to see a total Roman beat down. We already know he's the kind of the top dog and so on. Um, it just made Uso, I feel, look a little weak. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt they could have done it maybe a bit better. Where it could have made Uso look a little bit more stronger. Still while, still while making Roman... Uh, the top dog, if you will, and really powerful by making a crazy ending where he does something to him. But yeah, I was impressed. You're you're convinced that you have this unique philosophy on this. I I don't think it's unique. I just knew it was going to be at least different than yours. Mine? Um, Yes. Well, you heard me. Yes. Uh, But even before that, like, going into this match watching it myself even knowing that you even before knowing that you hadn't watched it yet watching it i i was thinking to myself fabe's not gonna like this match as much as i am um for me i could see what they're doing with this and and i think uh jlb was kind of on the right path in a bit they were attempting to do a stone cold pass out type moment with jay uso um this well, is I, this yeah. is the ultimate. Now I'm not saying they 100 percent succeed. Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker with Undertaker respecting him. I kind of get that feel. You didn't you didn't break me. Um, but and this is why I this is why I think it's more the Stone Cold passing out moment. Um, if only because there was no respect in this. There was there was respect in Undertaker. You didn't break me. There was no respect in Roman Reigns. This. Um, 
And so I'm, right. I'm not saying they were 100% correct on it. You know, they're successful on this. Um, I think having Jimmy come out and throw in the towel was probably the thing that killed it the most. They told this story of this plucky underdog who wouldn't give up and wouldn't give up and wouldn't give up. And in the end, he still didn't give up, but someone gave up for him. Um, I would have preferred this match to have ended with uh, Roman Reigns DQ because I thought they were teasing it with a Roman Reigns DQ because he, instead of trying to pin Jey Uso, he just continued to beat him and beat him and beat him. And the referee tries to stop him, gives him the five count, and Roman Reigns pushes the referee because they were teasing it. They had Roman Reigns yelling at Charles Robinson at one point saying, if you get in my face, if you make me address you again. Um, uh-huh. And and so I think it was going to be not a ref stoppage, but a DQ victory for Jey Uso with Roman Reigns retaining um, in heel fashion. I would have liked that better. I would have absolutely have liked that at least much, much better. Yeah. I like that. And so, but like I said, I I enjoyed this. Still not my favorite match of the night, you know. A, a, in terms of matches, I would say, of course, the best match is the ladder match. Um, I really enjoyed the chaos of the uh, ambulance match. I did too, yeah. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, but I did enjoy this match. Overall, I pretty much enjoyed it and the reason i can say for a fact that my take is not unique is i'm right now looking at cbs sports review of clash of champions and they gave roman reigns versus jay uso the second best grade of the night hmm. behind so, behind the ladder match okay they gave the ladder match an a plus maybe no nope, standard a um and they gave this an a minus oh wow uh <sighs> I just didn't think there was enough wrestling in it. I, I don't know. I well, I mean, you don't we'll have see, to. We'll see where the storylines go. Well, no, that's what that's it. That's what it is, though, because it built the storyline well. Just as you had the Randy Orton McIntyre match kind of go full circle with everything, with everybody who punted, and it kind of told that nice story, and you not wasting a whole month over nothing with Randy Orton punting people, it created a full circle sort of thing. I don't know if necessarily it created that same full circle. Well, I guess we're in the midst of it. It's not over yet um, of that happening, but we are seeing the family now all getting involved. And this can only escalate to more people essentially getting involved and there being like this crazy Samoan family breakdown. And we're definitely going to see more people get involved within the Samoan family and that's why I'm hoping the Rock at one point this all gets sorted out and the Rock ultimately comes and defends the Usos and whatever it says who made you the big dog I I really do like that and this is the only way you can make that happen because Roman has mentioned even the Rock has mentioned a bunch of times I would love to face my cousin uh, I would love to face my cousin in uh, in a match at uh, WrestleMania and so on. Not, I don't know if he said WrestleMania specifically, but in a main event and so on. So, I, I, I if if The Rock is gonna come back, you definitely want to come back for this, you know, because it's 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 his bloodline, it's his thing. He wants to give Roman that kind of like you're the big man now. Roman's obviously would win, I would imagine, um, or it would be ultimately a respect thing. 
and the rock wins but roman gets whatever passing of the torch completely if you will even though the rock hasn't been there for ever um i it's it's just we're in the midst of the escalation and this is building hopefully towards something uh that will make it have make it basically make more sense if you will so i know they're going with it but it's just i wanted more yeah i i i'm right there with you on this here's what it comes down to is uh they're building roman reigns as this um tribal chief who's letting the power go to his head and what happens when a tribal chief lets the power go to their head eventually the tribe unites against the chief right and so now we've got the first step we've got the the crown prince of the tribe for lack of a better term uh just got beat down and destroyed eventually they're gonna rally around jay uso and we're gonna see another shot of this however i think i mentioned this before the show the biggest problem with this is right now compared to roman reigns jay uso does not stack up physically right roman reigns looks like a beefcake and and Jay Uso is a very fit guy, but dwarfed next to Roman Reigns. And so for for them to tell the story of Jay Uso eventually rising up against Roman Reigns, if that's the way they end up going, uh, I think Jay Uso would need to hit the gym quite a bit over the next few months. <coughs> yeah, but, and Jay technically has gotten bigger though. No, I feel no, like... he's definitely gotten bigger, but. He's got a long way to go before he stands up next. I mean, here's the deal. The same thing could be said if The Rock was standing next to Roman Reigns, right? The Rock right now is is like a cement brick house of a man next to next to Roman Reigns. He's so, the could be he's said the about Dominic that, that Rey Mysterio needs to maybe hit the gym a few times before, you know, uh-huh. he's the same size as his son Dominic. Well, he'll never be the same size as his son, Dominic. Um, and and we should say stepson, Dominic. Wow. <laughs> I miss you, Eddie. Uh, yeah, we do miss you, Eddie. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was going to put a good line in terms of when we were talking about the, ra- the rock. I'll be like, you can come back as the gate ripping, the eyebrow flipping. The trail, bl- the trail blazing. I don't know. I just really like that gate thing. I'm sorry. Um, about the only thing that goes through my mind when talking about The Rock ever being in the ring with Roman is uh, there's been one time The Rock has been in the ring with Roman before, and it was one of the few times that The Rock actually got booed. So I, I wonder if they're not hesitant to ever go back to that right now he would go against roman though so he wouldn't get booed and then he'd lose to roman and he would get booed um now you could argue that booing roman booing the rock you know would add to roman's heat but that verges on go away heat times it's covid times though so there's no crowd to boo and they could put any sound effects that they want because vince controls everything now and there's no wwe universe there's just a thunderdome which they control so they're well, talking- you are correct on that which brings me to a, a crime that i man i planned on filing tonight even though we weren't doing a full wbu um i'm 100 fine with them piping in crowd cheers and and all of that stuff 
I am also 100% against them piping in this is awesome chant, which they did. <laughs> they did it for the ladder match, which it was awesome. I didn't mind. <laughs> nope. They did it also during the, I think it was during the Roman Reigns match. Oh, really? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, towards, towards the end, when I think it was when Uso was starting to make another comeback. They started to do this is awesome chants. I'm like, no, 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 no. Those, those chants need to be organic. Yeah. They 100%, like, you can have fake cheering and, and the crowd gets louder and, and quieter at times and all that stuff. That's fine. But this is awesome has to be an organic thing. It has to be something that the crowd is specifically saying. Now, if they wanted to implement something for Thunderdome where the people watching on Thunderdome could press a button on their screen to instigate a chant, right? That's one thing. But they're not doing that right now. All they're doing is someone in the truck is saying, hey, this would be where there's a this is awesome champ. Let's do that. (laughs) So no more this is awesome chance on Thunderdome. That's my charge. Yeah, no. I mean, at the same time, it felt really awesome part of the pun to hear i felt like i was watching it live again although i see screens and so on but to actually hear that chant it brought me to a pre-covid time you know what i mean and i kind of liked it because at least for the latter match i didn't hear it the roman match but the latter match it sounded genuine uh even though they piped it in it sounded like all right yeah that, that's where you would have put it this is awesome chant and I don't know. I, I didn't mind it, at least for the ladder match. You shouldn't use it unless it's crazy spots where you know the fans most likely would chant, uh, this is awesome. I don't know why they would chant it for the Roman match, though. That that you can't. Then that's kind of scripting your own stuff that I don't like. Ladder match, I didn't mind it at all. And it brought a nostalgic feeling for me in, you know, pre-COVID times. And it was so wonderful. Yeah, you're just a sheep. <laughs> falling for the this is awesome nostalgia i in the end to me it didn't bring up nostalgia it didn't make me think because i knew that it wasn't an actual crowd saying this is awesome it was vince mcmahon saying i think this is awesome so let's put a chant there that's good ass word and that's why i say if they implemented it where the people at home watching the thunderdome had a way to you know press a button you know that says this is awesome and then they Crap, start to monetize. Yeah. What do you mean? Like chant them actually chanting or them pressing a button of the sound effect that they would use for this is awesome. Just them yeah. pressing a appreciate button. And if enough of them are appreciating the match, then it can trigger the this is awesome. Or like as DA Fabe said, just like in live streams where people can pay 50 cents for a a you know, shout appreciate out shout out or comment or whatever. Monetize it. Have it so so people can drop a quarter into the WWE buckets to chant out "This is awesome." Not oh. actually chant it out, but trigger the clip. Uh, oh my god, it would be so horrible. People would be paying so much money to say stupid shit, stupid s word. No, no, well, because, no that's why it would just be triggering. And so you pay for it to be suddenly an option for everybody else to click that that chance to happen and so all you, you would be doing is potentially triggering that. the sound effect you wouldn't uh, actually be saying something right it would just be you saying i appreciate this 
so let's trigger a this is awesome chant. Yeah. And if enough people clicked it, then I'm going to get popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. That's a genius idea, actually. The only problem is, isn't like the Thunderdome ending soon? Um, we've got until the end of October, so they've got a few more weeks of it, but yeah, it's going to be ending. As of right now, their lease on that ends the last weekend in October. Wow. But it's the, I don't know, uh, MySpace Arena or whatever it is. It's it's a non-used arena. Yeah, they could. They're banking right now on Nationwide, the restrictions being listed enough lifted enough that they can start having some more live events again um even at restricted capacity they still want to go start actually touring again and start making some money but you better believe they've got this technology now if they midway through or even late into just into october feel like they're not going to be able to start doing them they'll extend the thunderdome longer i feel like thunderdome is going to be a pay-per-view I, I feel like we will see see Thunderdome again, definitely. Yeah. Uh, even even once COVID's all over, um, I could see them doing it as a, for lack of a better term, a Cyber Monday sort of a thing or Cyber Tuesday, whatever. Oh, uh, ground could be entirely in the Thunderdome. But just from a standpoint of the, you know, this is our pay per view where no one's actually in the crowd. You are the crowd. Um, <laughs> what? You have control. <laughs> No one's in the crowd. Taboo Taboo Tuesday, you got to pick, or Cyber whatever day of the week it was that they did for that. Um, You got to pick digitally. Now we have the technology to make that actually work, where we pick match stipulations or who's going to be in matches or stuff like that. And you just buy your, your Thunderdome ticket. Like, you pay money to be on that screen instead of not paying money to be on the screen. Know why they didn't somewhat monetize it a bit, though. I mean, uh, I know at first you just wanted to get like that's a shithead thing to do. That's why I think over monetizing immediately would have been a shithead thing to do. I think they're selling it right now. I think right Mm -hmm. now is their their concept of we're gonna sell this as an option later on because promotionally this works great they can set it up for weeks on end they can leave it set up they can have a regular show that's this way and you can monetize entirely digitally i think the thunderdome long term is is something i think right now it's so convenience stores don't make well aren't supposed don't typically in more competitive markets make money on their gasoline and if they do they don't make much they make it on somebody on fools like me going in and and paying for two bangs for four bucks or um oh is that what they cost nowadays (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's a beverage (laughs) Um, or or paying for a hot dog for a buck fifty hey gas station hot dogs are delicious yeah but they're also overpriced i there's actually a company that sells an at-home roller kit that you can have your own hot dogs at home on roller, and I've seriously thought about buying one before. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, I own an at-home hot dog roller. <laughs> uh, somehow or another, that doesn't surprise me. It oh. should. It really shouldn't. But it's fantastic. I might have to borrow it someday, <laughs> so I can live out my fantasy again. <laughs> it even comes came with like a cute little sneeze guard that 
isn't going to do it. <laughs> but so long story short, cock was actually a pretty good cock. Yeah, just no climax. Yes, yeah, was... no climax for that cock. Yeah, because again, no major titles changed hands at all. The only one that really changed hands was the twenty four seven title, and that's and it. Sami Zayn's winning technically because he he wasn't the champion. You could say anything, and you could say anything you want. He was gone. He lost it. He was the interim champion, if you will, but that still doesn't make him the champion. So technically, the IC title changed hands, according to the WWE books. Officially speaking, yes. Officially speaking, yeah. And that was it. So honestly, this is where maybe a payback pay-per-view would have made sense for like maybe next week or something. Like, oh my God, we didn't really get anything finished. And then bam, payback next week, as opposed to doing it after SummerSlam. Because SummerSlam is kind of the pay-per-view where you should have ended things for the most part. Uh, but this would have been perfect to have like a payback option since nothing really ended. And I don't know, it would have maybe have made more sense than just waiting for for weeks for Hell in a Cell, which I imagine will still have the majority of the same matches since there was no ultimate ending. Well, I think Drew and Randy are done. I think that's over. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably over, at least for a while, until they want to ramp up for Orton versus Edge at Mania next year. If they yeah. so That might be an Edge match against, uh, against Drew. We don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to do that. We don't know if Drew plays a good heel. We don't know if they're going to do that. Um, right now, he sells too much on the on the uh, network for his television shows because his story is so unique. But that doesn't mean that you can't change that in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I think Keith is uh, on the way up to be facing Drew here. So um, unless it's too early for that and they want to save that for Rumble or something. But um, I don't know who you put up against Drew now if it's not Keith. Oh, I think they're definitely building towards Keith versus Drew because uh, that was the, you know, threat of what would happen if Randy Orton wasn't able to do it this year, you know. Um, so I think we're going to have Keith versus McIntyre, Keith McIntyre sometime soon. Two faces? McIntyre, you need to stop with that. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I prefer the call. Truly, always with the last name first. Okay. Okay. How about uh, Keith Drew? Keith Drew. You know, I prefer Drew Keith a lot better. Drew Keith was always a good fella. Good fella. That could be a last name too. Ugh. <laughs> but I will point out that, as at least a slight nod, the fact that the, we didn't have Keith Lee on this pay per view at all um, is a travesty uh yeah you could have implemented him in that match though for sure like mm-hmm. and i know there's already a lot of people but if you don't have edge there have keith uh have lee kind of do something uh in some way shape or form or even kind of maybe turn do you turn keith heel so i don't think you can turn keith, keith heel just yet He's the limitless one. That's. But you can't have two faces against. The... I feel like that doesn't work well usually. Oh, you can have faces against face all the time as long as you build up a storyline reason for you, them. 
you have time to turn Drew heel. He is his uh, 24. Drew McIntyre 24 releases tonight. Right. Um, and so it was right after Broken School Sessions with, with Kurt Angle releasing. Uh, it's either tonight or later this week that, that Drew's 24 releases. They need, it, they need at least two to four weeks to for that to run its course before they can turn him face, before they can turn him heel. Um, there's, his story is too face to release the 24 right now and not have him stay face for a short while. Yeah. Um, but Hell in a Cell's a good spot to, to turn him heel. And and then and then Keith, Keith Lee just I don't know if Keith Lee will make a heel well at all. Yeah. But I mean here's a here's a quick list of a couple wrestlers that were not on this pay-per-view that are in the middle of I don't know big storylines on TV right now. Uh, Alistair Black, uh, by connection, Kevin Owens, right? Uh, Cedric Alexander. Technically, Ricochet was there, so why wasn't Cedric there? Mm. Or MVP, you know? MVP by, was there. He was technically okay. there, but yeah. Um, oh, Dominic Mysterio, and by connection, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, and uh, Ray, Ray, Aaliyah Ray's Mysterio. Raise the old guy. Especially if you have two canceled matches. I'm sorry, don't you have backups? Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's written, okay, if this doesn't happen, especially during COVID times. Hey, COVID happens. What else? What other stif- What other match do we got? Okay, maybe we could do a Seth, uh, you know, maybe a Seth versus Owens or a Seth versus Ray or do something. You know you what I mean? Okay. because it's a champions only pay-per-view. Oh, they do Hell in the Cell, and there's like not even a Hell in the Cell match in the pay-per-view. Stop with this rubbish. <laughs> um, and and I'm the yeah. real chief family of the NOI family. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here's the deal. You, I'm not saying I, uh, they had to have a match necessarily, but these are people who are in the middle of a major storyline, and they didn't even appear in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bianca Belair is in the middle of some real storyline right now. Uh, we know the reason. What storyline is she in? Well, the, they're doing this. It's not directly a feud, but they're doing a lot of the buildup with her, the workout videos where she's uh, dominating men at workouts. And so they're obviously building her up for something. Mm. Natalia and um, fucking Lana. Middle of a storyline. Peyton Royce, middle of a storyline. I, of course, uh, also need to mention T-Bar, Slapnuts, and... Um, <laughs> yes, I know it's Slapjack, but Slapnuts is way better. Um, and Mace, and um, apparently the names are now Reckoning and Retaliation <laughs> for... Honestly, I don't care. Thorn and Theo. Twitter is just awesome. Yeah, Reckoning is, I believe, Mia Yim, and Retaliation is Mercedes Martinez, or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. So who's Shane Thorne? Is he Mace? No, uh, he is Slapnuts. Slapjack. <laughs> Slapnuts. Hey, you, Slapnuts. Jeff Jarrett named him. Jeff Jarrett's not even part of the company, but he's like, Vince, you gotta name him Slapnuts just because. Big E legitimately part of a, well, recently was part of a major storyline. Not on this show at all. 
Daniel Bryan not on this show, but Drew Gulak on the show. So I guess that makes Daniel sense. Bryan hasn't been there in a hot minute, though. What better time to bring him back than at a pay-per-view? Uh, yeah. King Corbin, nowhere to be seen. Matt Riddle, nowhere to be seen. Bro. That's why this is such a good pay-per-view. <laughs> oh. Otis, nowhere to be seen. Ms. Morrison, nowhere to be Ms. seen. Ms. Morrison, Seamus. What's a payoff to this pay-per-view. We didn't have any Matt Riddle. No, you know what? They should have had at least that bro vignette they were doing. That's uh, they, they could have just shown him in vignettes in, in the middle to to pitch for this week's SmackDown. That's it. Like that, yeah, that bro vignette is freaking awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> There's so many ways to say bro. Happy bro. Hey, bro. Sad bro. Bro. Like, I love it. It was awesome. Uh, to be fair, Fabe would have hated it. But, you know, Fabe's opinion sometimes <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> Apparently not at all on Matt Riddle. But, bro. Again, we did. I, I want to point out, since his main roster call up, call over. Sorry. Yeah. We did just yeah. claim that this is the best overall pay per view since Matt Riddle's been moved to the main roster. Coincidence? Bro, blue correlation, causation. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say maybe. <laughs> well, no, but he's at, they say had a pay per view since he's been there. No, this is not they've the first. Had, they've had no, they've movie. had a couple of them. This is just the best one. Is what I was saying. Oh, snap. they had payback Correct. and SummerSlam both since he's been in the main roster. Right, and that's he it. In, yeah, he was at SummerSlam and I think pay per view or uh, uh, payback. Honestly, I think the ladder match really just did it for everyone. Everyone was really happy to see how yeah. that turned out, and it just got everyone excited. Because for the most part, it was a lot of crappy matches in the middle. The McIntyre-Randy Orton match was really good. It was good enough because with the surprises, so they built that up nicely. And people were excited also for the Jey Uso-Roman match. And I think a lot more people would have maybe been a bit more thrilled with the pay-per-view if Jey Uso would have perhaps won. Because in my wrestling game, I don't know. He says that now. But maybe. I would have hated it. What? If If Jey Uso won. Oh, if he won by disqualification. If if it was a Roman Reigns disqualification, I would have been fine with it. In fact, that's actually what I was pitching. Um, I know. I heard it. I was listening. Don't go back and recap. So so my point is, I would have been just fine with it. You said I would have hated it, and I'm saying, no, I would have been fine. Um, Okay, if if Jey Uso had won the title. If Jey Uso had won the title... I would have been, unless there was shenanigans. Even then, I probably would have been. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that most people would argue against uh, JLB saying there were some crappy matches in the middle. Because um, I don't know. Again, I'm looking at CBS Sports. The standard Sports. was set really, really high on the it, very first round. It was high, but the lowest ranked match by CBS Sports, which admittedly, CBS Sports isn't the be-all, end-all. I'm just, well, it's just one really example just- here. But the lowest-ranked match of them was a C-plus, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd give that a D. That was lower than than Asuka and Zelina Vega? Yes, Asuka and Zelina Vega got a B. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Just, never mind. So, yes, is definitely not the go-to for match ratings. Did What's-His-Face put his ratings up yet? 
Meltzer, no, those oh. will come out probably Tuesday okay. at the earliest, maybe Thursday. He rewatches it a couple times. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, this is a good pay per view to rewatch. Like, I'm not mad at the overall pay per view; it's great. I'm just saying uh, that ladder match really built us up nice. The McIntyre and Randy Orton match was a pleasant surprise. That could have easily turned horrible, um, but the way it was structured was nice. The surprises were good. It's told a great story with them uh, bringing everything back full circle with Randy Orton and all the punts that he did and so on, like I mentioned earlier, Big Show coming, getting his revenge, Kristen coming, getting his revenge, Shawn Michaels coming. It was just well done. And I want to know who produced that match because whoever produced that match, hey, do more stuff because that was really spot on. So what you're saying is there was a lot of coming going on in the Drew McIntyre match. In that cock match. At cock. Yeah, you just messed up your own joke. One job. <laughs> Definitely a lot of coming in the cock match. Yes, that cock was coming for sure. Nope, just Ultimate. the Drew McIntyre match at cock had coming. <laughs> no one else was coming in any no. of the other matches. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to some sort of accommodation. <laughs> no, I, I as a whole, I think this was a very good pay per view. Very, very good pay per view. I think that they needed some payoff when they when they, you put on a, a pay per view like that. When you open with two forty plus year old men and a thirty seven Sammy Zayn, maybe thirty seven, thirty five, somewhere in there, year old man beating the living hell out of themselves for a great match, you know you're in for a good pay-per-view. Um, the downside is it was the best part of the pay-per-view, so I think that's that's the part that does hurt a little bit when when you open that high. Um, it's tough to tough to keep tough and to you know what? with the rest of the competition goes to Jeff Hardy, man, for jumping off that ladder. You know, uh, I felt like I haven't seen a Jeff Hardy ladder bump in like I want to say ten years, um, at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, obviously you haven't been paying attention because they showed the vignette of 2017, him doing almost the exact same ladder bump. So, oh, okay. Sheamus. Do you notice when they showed the vignette, they showed Sheamus roll off the ladder <laughs> that Jeff missed, and you're just like, "Good sell, Sheamus." Yeah. Oh, Good geez, his foot caught me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna roll off. <laughs> well, I guess I haven't been paying attention, but I don't know. I was pleasantly shocked by that. I was like, oh, Jeff Hardy's going so high. Like, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I enjoyed that. I'm still happy. I'm happy Jeff Hardy's safe because <laughs> he's older now, whatever. And I'm like, Jeff, man, just be careful. Him falling, though. But he was good. He was safe. He was grand. And that's all that matters. Everyone's safe. Yay. And you Sammy's suppose- one. Do you suppose his brother Matt was at home kind of wishing he had missed that? Like, that take the heat off of me for a bit? You know what? I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if he was. Maybe his he was like, oh, yeah, I hope my brother gets hurt. No, I think his wife may be more, more than Matt himself. Because his yeah. wife is just my field and is like, yeah, let's, let's blame WWE for something. Um, but yeah, his wife for sure. Matt, uh, not so much because, uh, you know guy's been through a lot i'm not saying he was wishing he would hurt i'm just saying he was wishing it had gone worse so that the heat would have gotten off him a bit that's all just no friendly no. rival with his brother Fr- <laughs> friendly rival 
Yes. That's that's horrible thinking. Brotherly love is not just something that we hear in Philadelphia, okay? It's a legit it's a legit true relationship between two siblings who love each other. And Matt and Jeff Hardy love each other. Do you, do you have brothers? I do. One older one. Seven years old. Because I've, I've got two older brothers, and I can guarantee you there have been times that they wished I'd hurt myself. <laughs> guarantee it. I mean, to be fair, I'm not your brother, and I wish you hurt. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so, Sami Zayn's 36, just so everybody knows. And at 36, I could not take Jeff Hardy jumping through me through a ladder. <laughs> and I'm bigger than Sami Zayn. Sexual for some reason. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he's also... Sami Zayn has been wrestling for like 18 years, though, man. This guy has taken it all. I'm sure a bump like that is nothing. He's only 36. This guy's been wrestling since he was 18. Uh, You know, so it's it's essentially it just comes with the territory sort of deal and i'm pretty sure Sami Zayn stopped wrestling for a while while el generico was wrestling um <laughs> yes for sure uh, because he was dead but he was wrestling he was he was vicariously wrestling through el generico so it's like he took the batters and bumps that el generico was taking because they have such a close bond and connection that they both feel each other's bumps and bruises therefore what makes you think they have a close bond and connection yeah seriously i don't think they've ever met as far as i know they've never even actually met i mean Sami Zayn obviously stole a move set from el generico but that's just you know, obviously he watched some tape and thought it was good ma- moves. You don't you know? have to meet to have such a close bond with them. You just have to look at them once from a TV screen and just feel that close bond. Ah, that explains my relationship with uh, uh, <laughs> Jessica Simpson. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. You're very welcome. I, too, don't know why they call it Chicken of the Sea. <laughs> so you guys can follow us (laughs) i think that actually does lead us to a good outro for this show (laughs) um normally we do like commendations and misdemeanors but this one uh, this was a review of a of a really good cock yeah this this cock was good um i i commend this cock uh i would say though the, the latter match was not the best cock match of all time. I still well, think that belongs to Sheamus and to Sheamus and Cesaro. I mean, you know, there there have been some good cock fights over the years. Yeah, um, first um, cock is not always the way to go. Yeah, this, this was this was actually a relatively short cock. All in all, it was over a little earlier than most people would have been satisfied with. Um, <laughs> satisfied. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I couldn't even keep a straight face. Sorry. Um, the, the content. Yeah, I think you could good. argue that this was a girthier cock overall. Um, yeah, good, good content. A lot of stories being told here. Mm-hmm. Um, no climax with this cock, though. No, no. But I, I enjoyed it overall. I, like I say, I'm. We don't really give ratings on this show, so I'm not going to really push for it. But I would say I would say a solid four and a quarter out of five for me. Or if I was go to ten, I would say a nine uh eight and a half out of ten. 
I, I'm glad you did your math. Hold up. That's not right. Nine. No, wait, wait. Uh, wait. uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's the total. So um, like 7.7 on 10, then, if we're doing math. Fair enough. Um, I'm not going to give it a rating because it's not over, apparently, because there was no climax. There was no closure. There's nothing that finished. So you just don't rate it? You just ignore that it ever happened? Yeah. Yeah. I I have frequently been in a situation where things didn't happen and nothing finished. And so, well, I guess that didn't happen. Were you the problem or the ignorer? (laughs) You know... We don't need to discuss that either way. I would argue that you would still owe the prostitute, even if... (laughs) Whoa, what are we... I thought we were talking about Clash of Champions. I'm just using a reference. It's, uh... If I got the great... If I got the great massage, but did not get the... Yes. Other piece? Exactly. You would still owe for the massage, so... Okay, well, if that's the case, then I suppose I'll pay up. Um, I don't know. I, there's only one disappointment to me, and that disappointment is something needed to finish. <laughs> something <laughs> needed to finish here, and nothing did. Um, uh, maybe Randy and maybe Randy. I think I think Randy and Drew did finish. I think that's the end of that storyline. So, for that reason, that there was a finish to it, I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Um, the pay per view, the matches as a whole, I would give a nine out of ten. Just the the idea that it was a pay per view really, um, I, I give that a four or three just because there really wasn't that much culmination in this. Yeah, I don't have to say climax. But you wanted to. I did, but I changed <laughs> it to culmination. Um, I, I, I get that overall. Like, you know, me saying that Alexa Bliss and, and Bray Wyatt are the fiends not showing up on this, you know, that the Roman Reigns was a perfect example. They teased on SmackDown uh, that maybe... The fiend is still after that title, right? Alexa Bliss yeah. given a major sign. That shot him. I really did. I thought she was gonna walk up behind him and whoop right there. And so they could have done that again. You know, after the match, he's celebrating his win. Lights go out. Come back red. There's Alexa Bliss eyeballing him. Lights go out. Lights come back. She's gone. You know, or or be the fiend if they didn't want to do Alexa Bliss something i mean obviously they're they're teasing that in some way yeah i uh i will say that i was impressed with Heyman um doing the control c control v that he did when brock just was beating the i think it was i don't remember who he was fighting but he said stop (laughs) like you're you're gonna kill him um kind of had a a moment of compassion um and, and he did that with this one, and he did a great job of selling that. Um, and yet it still didn't really... If you didn't know about the, the Brock event that that had happened with, um, it didn't overly feel like a Control-C, Control-V setup. Mm-hmm. So, but... I really prefer uh, Roman as a heel, though. Oh, really I love him as a heel. Um, I don't know if it's his new teeth that he has that just makes him more fierce, um, but I, I digs it. I like it. I think it works well, 
and he's really going into his new role. I can't wait to hear what his new music is going to be, because um, I find Titantron music and all that really adds a certain effect to it and makes it more convincing as well. So yeah, I'm I'm up for this heel Roman. It's uh, should be a good time, hopefully. Yeah. 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 yeah, you you weren't all that excited about it at first, so I'm happy to hear that you're that you're buying in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, like it, I just you know I was always thinking of the other times, and then I'm like, oh man, him. Honestly, anything Heyman touches turns to cold. Though uh, this could just be a, what Heyman's doing as well. I wish Heyman would talk a little bit more still, rather than just giving Roman the mic all the time. Uh, but Roman is doing halfway decent, I guess. Just, I want to hear more Heyman, because Heyman, because I'm the Heyman guy. Anything Heyman touches except for Curtis Axel turns to gold. Oh, okay. Uh, about my only thing with Paul Heyman is I, I do wish he'd come up with a new, uh, phrase for introducing instead of the reigning, defending, undisputed, you know, just come up with something new he's got this whole thing of of the tribal chief just call him that you know i'm the advocate for the tribal chief of wwe the reigning makes so much more sense now he's roman reigns like it's a whole thing like it just works too it's cheesy but it's like a whole play off his name as well right Mm -hmm. so and I feel like Vince is all in for that. Raining, and his name is Reigns. Arr. I don't know. That's good S-word. I guess. <laughs> but on that note, we'll start to wrap things up here, because I said that about 10 minutes ago, and then we didn't. Um, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform that you use. Share it with your friends so that they can come and um, enjoy us talking about cockfights. Um and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at at Tourism Board for Turks and Kaiko. Uh, sorry, at DA Vincent K Fabe. Ah, good old Turks and Kaikos. You can also follow JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Anchor.fm slash RTR. Uh, been a little late on the Big Brother ep- weekly, weekly recaps, uh, but we'll be posting those shortly. And uh, a website that will probably not be updated for a very long time, but I'm still paying for it. www.realtalkradio.online. This .com and .ca is so bland. Unlike Tur- Turks and Caicos, which is your exotic future getaway that you should book now. Hashtag still not sponsored. Hashtag we should be. Hashtag cock. I am seriously going to go uh, research and try to register. Please sponsor us, turksandkaikos.com. Just one trip. One trip and we we will continue to mention you as much as we already do. <laughs> I feel like, they're like oh, let's not pay them anything and they'll still mention us. So we're winning. Yeah, yeah, they've really nailed it by having a cool name. <laughs> yeah, then finding out that they're also a tourism destination. Whoop, whoop. So those doobly doos. Yes, in the doobly doos. So sorry, I was on GoDaddy just trying to figure out. It would only be ninety nine cents for the first year to register. Please sponsor us, TurksandKaikos.com. 
Might have to try to uh, sponsor us, TurksandKaikos.com. I can add that one on for 99 cents. Just drop the please. <laughs> Anyways, um, you, you're going to want to go down to the doobly-doos for this show because that's where we got other ways you can support us. Um, if you are not Turks and Kaikos and uh, want to support us in other ways, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu or merch at shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. Um, or if you know someone at Turks and Kaikos, give them a call. You know, help us out. Preferably somebody with enough power to give us a trip. I, I don't know. There, there's not that many people that live on Turks and Caicos, so if you just start oh. spreading the word, eventually it'll get to the right people. It would, would be think. wonderful to find out that we were the number one pop podcast in Turks <laughs> and Caicos. I would absolutely love it if I were to go onto our stats and see a thousand listens from TurksandKaikos.com. <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, Turks and Caicos? <laughs> Turks and Caicos? finally listening! Yeah! <laughs> They're like, watch, we're at Turks and Caicos. They're like big wrestling fans. That'd be awesome. <laughs> also, well, Chris Jericho, if, you wanna, if you'd like to take us on your cruise, Mr. Jericho, and have that cruise stop in said location of Turks and Caicos, we would accept that. Yes. I mean, that would be a viable alternative. <laughs> um, yeah, straight up. Just as long as you're not performing in crowds during COVID. Um, and it's I, only at Turks and Caicos. Where you perform? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how bad the COVID outbreak is in Turks and Caicos, but I hope it's very bad. Yeah, I sure hope they're handling it well down on our old stomping grounds of Turks and Caicos. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank everyone for listening. We will see you soon with a visit from the FBI. Ah, Turks and Caicos. <laughs> <laughs>